Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Welcome to my barren 1970s wall that hopefully we'll have pictures up soon, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, if you can hear me, love to know. Um, if you can't, also good to know. Can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> um, so welcome to another exciting, weird, wacky uh, revolution gathering. All right. Well, last week we talked about Kier Kierkegaard, 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 Kierkegaard. I was corrected that I wasn't saying Kierkegaard right, that I was saying Kirk, and I had to say it different. Kierkegaard, 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 Kierkegaard. Maybe the K's are too harsh. I don't know. I want to say kindergarten, so let's just be glad I'm saying Kierkegaard. All right. Let's, uh, one of the reasons, um, one of the things that really stuck out to me last week was uh, the idea of the, the, uh, when Kierkegaard, when Kierkegaard, yeah, I have to, like when I can't figure out words to say, when I can't say them right, then I, they end up getting quieter and quieter. So I'm like, so let me talk about Kierkegaard, and like I'm covering my mouth. Like maybe they'll think if I said it right, if I just kind of cover my mouth and say it really quietly, that will cover up all my embarrassments. Um, but... But Kierkegaard talked about the idea that if we judge people based on group terms or we judge people based on one thing, basically, in their life that we think sums them up, we, let's see if I can find it. I wasn't even planning on reading it, but the book was right here, so I just picked it up to take a look. But the fact that how we, 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 um, we only judge people like by a fraction of what we see. And that idea of the fraction kept, we called last week's talk faction, fraction, or fraction, faction. Um, Josh always comes up with the names. And Josh does all the write-ups, and he always does a better job at the write-ups than I do at the talk. So I'm always impressed um, by his write-ups. But one of the things um, I was thinking about was um, this, this, this idea of this, this fraction, of how we judge people by a fraction. And, and it just kept, like, rolling through my head last night, like, fraction, 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 fraction. I had the kids here last night and, and other examples of this. So, you know, we're just going to kick right into the talk. No monologue today. What do you know? Um, and one of the things I thought about was when I was in Minnesota, I dated 
uh, a really cool lady um, for a couple years there. And um, one of the things is that after, after a few dates, um, they told me, I'm not gonna say the name because they probably wouldn't want that out there, but, but I was like, oh, like, you know, they were embarrassed and, and, and said, well, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, oh, well, here, here comes the other shoe. And it was that they uh, voted Republican for Trump. And I was like, eh, what? Um, but not totally because I knew the person by that time but it was so crazy that they were so embarrassed. But I think this so embarrassed, and some of you be like, that's not crazy at all. Um, but they were, you know, a fiscal conservative type person. Um, but I didn't agree with the politics there in the situation. Um, but the thing was, is that that was just a fraction of who she was and the person in my life. And I wanted to go, I still like this person. I still want to be in this person's life, you know? So, you know, and I found, I mean, and the funny thing is I was thinking if it was one of those things, like had I seen like on the, on the dating app, like I would have just swiped the other way. Um, and the next, they didn't vote in the next election because they were so disillusioned but but that's the point the point here is that i would probably would have missed out on somebody because i was going to judge because i automatically go this way it's like when someone goes i mean for so many years i remember like i would be like oh i'm a christian but not that kind of christian you know i'm a but i'm a cool christian or i'm a punk rock christian well um i always happen to make sure that asterisk is, is right there, you know? And, and that was that faction, or that fraction of a person, the fraction, just that small little bit of a person's thing that we see and we sum people up because we think we can know the sum of everything about them by simply based on a fraction of that. Um, now, let's say, like, like there are the... Um, I mean, but of course you've got people like my dad, <laughs> you know, um, who, who, who completely, you know, is, is, is exactly what people think that, that that's the, how we end up fracturing <laughs> people because you got people, because there are people who, who, who are, are, are like the, you know, the, 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 the you know, what it happens. Um, why we, why we assume things, because our assumptions aren't always wrong. Um, you know, and so there are people like my dad who's like, oh yeah, he's a Trump supporter, like super, like he made a coin and compared him to some profit on the coin and still thinks like, probably thinks like Trump's been wrongfully, is, is, is people are out to get Trump and Trump has been wrongfully convicted. And so, you know, you do have that kind of thing. You know, the, 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 the old story that I don't even know what I'm looking for, but, but that, you know, so you do have that type of thing that happens too, where the, sometimes the fraction is more than a fraction. Um, and we have that. But, but the reason I, I, I really wanted to say this stuff is because I think 
what we're trying to do is important. I mean, I have been doing Revolution. Revolution has been around 29 years. I've been doing it 28 years. I came like a few months later after they started, um, after they did a big event. And then we started officially all together. But they had already done an event and done things. And, and I met with them and we started getting into planning with my friend Mike and Heather and, and Kelly. And we all started getting together and planning what we were going to do. Um, so, so 28 years of this and, uh, there's been a lot of, of, uh, different judgments along the way. It's been a lot of changing seeing how, like, I mean, I can remember 15 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, sitting with my or 14 years ago, sitting with my analyst when we were talking about gay rights and gay marriage and when was it going to pass. And, 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 uh, and when is it going to pass? You know, when is gay, is my gay marriage ever going to happen? And, 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 and he was one of the biggest, you know, this, my, my analyst was a really big into gay, he was a gay man and he was really big into psychology and, and psychiatry and uh, psychoanalysis for the LGBTQ community. I met him through a group I had worked with. And um, he, we both were like 10 years. And then he's like, but I don't know. He's like, I think everybody has to die off. And then it was just like a couple of years that it happened. You know, so things happen. Things change. Things progress sometimes faster than we think. Now I'm like, you know, I walked by five stores today with flags, boom, out front, boom, 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 you know. Um, my kid's school is a public school, and they have a gay flag hanging out in front of their, 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 their public school, you know? So let's just, th things change, sometimes faster than we expect. And so I think that's why sometimes uh, making judgment calls or guesses or things like that aren't always the best. Sometimes we have to wait and see what happens. Um, and, and I think even when we judge people as a whole, often, you know, we're still just that fraction of who are the people there? Who are people related to? Why does this pass? What do people do when they're in a closed, you know, room voting by them? You know, they're not, you're not in public. You know, what happens there? Anyway, it made me, the, 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 the Kierkegaard's talk on the individual made me think of judging and how we judge. And it made me think about Luke 6, um, which I have right here. I keep using different Bibles because I lost my main Bible. I don't. Still, it's in a box somewhere, so I have to find it. That and the ketchup. We lost the ketchup. And my kids want to have hot dogs, and, but not without ketchup. But I know I packed it. Brand new ketchup. It wasn't an old ketchup, so it's not rotting. Um, so Jesus in Luke, um, Luke 6, 37 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, if you've watched me for a few years, which I know like I see Bob's on here today and stuff, um, has heard me use this a million times. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a one-trick pony, but I'm about a 10-trick pony. Um, forgive you and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, it will... 
be put into your lap for the measure you give, you will measure, you get back. Now I was growing, the way I grew up, that was always about donating money. And actually I'm gonna do a tiny little fundraiser at the end of this, so get excited. Because um, I hate that stuff, but I think you all know why. But I'm not gonna promise that your barns will run over if you support us. Um, but they might, who knows? If they do, then we can say, see, look what happened. Um, but do not judge and you will not be judged. Now, I, I love this, this thing and I love how it's like, you know, how you give, you'll be received. Like this idea of like judgment brings back judgment. So like if you're known as like somebody like, oh, oh, you know, you have friends who are like conservatives and like, oh, they're, they're a compassionate conservative, you know, and then someone will be like, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> um, which I don't like that because it, once again, it's, it's, it's fractioning somebody. And, and honestly, people, a lot of people who saved my life in my teens and twenties were conservative people. So, um, uh, they saw things. Some of the people who are listening right now are conservative people. You know, we have a diverse group of thinking people who think differently. And that's what we want here because we want to grow. Uh, we don't want just to look diverse and then all of us be like, well, some of us are tattooed and some of us are straight and some of us are gay, but we all hate this guy. You know, it's like, that's not what we're about. Um, but we're all on the same page, you know, cause that's, that's just visual diversity. Um, he also told them in a parable, can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not that person fall into a pit? And disciples is not above the teacher, but everyone who ful is fully qualified will be like the teacher. So the blind should not lead the blind. But listen to this, 41. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own? Now, if, anybody, if you grew up in the church, if you're familiar with the church, you've probably heard this story. Um, I remember there used to be a, a, a band called Plank Eye in the 90s. It was a Christian band they called Plank Eye, and this was refer, reference to this, this, this uh, parable here. Uh, Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out that speck in your eye when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take out the log in your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the speck in your neighbor's eye. And I want to say that there was a long time in my life where I had a huge, like, log in my own eye and I was, you know, inspector speck, speck inspector, you know? And um, what I've realized though, is I was going, oh man, this makes so much sense now. Because if we look at what Kierkegaard was saying, is he saying like when you judge people based on like, oh, their race or the political beliefs or their, you know, their clothes or their, you know, you, you make this, 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 you make this judgment based on, on a fraction of them. And what is the speck in these people's eye is the fraction. It is the fraction that we're going, let me get that fraction, you know, let me get that out of your eye, you bad person. And we've got this whole, like, you know, faction. Back to the faction thing again. We're going to continue to play off this. We've got this whole faction <laughs> in our eye, and they only have a fraction in their eye. Why not worry about the faction in your own eye before you help your neighbor get your fraction? 
So this is this idea of this continuous judgment is that sometimes we don't see it. Um, one of the things, you know, you know, growing up learning is like I was oh, bleeding heart liberal. Oh, you know, and then you, I remember one day, you know, doing some work and researching some stuff about Bill Clinton. And I worked before Bill Clinton was in office. I was a teenager and I like passed out bumper stickers and promoted, you know, sat at the tables and was like, hey, have you heard about Bill Clinton? Because like he was on MTV and we all thought this guy's the answer, you know. And, you know, looking back, you realize like, wow, he put a lot of poor people in prison, put a lot of African-Americans in prison. Uh, his uh, tough on crime act, his crime act, which also Joe Biden was a part of, really hurt a lot of people who were poor. And you start to realize like, oh, like I would judge all liberals by a, 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 like a fraction of like, well, they love, you know, gay people and they're pro-choice and they're this. And so they must be tolerant, loving people, you know, but also not seeing the fact that it's really complicated and there's a lot of nuances and there's a lot of bad things going on, you know. What did they, they called um, oh, Biden, the, 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 what did they call it? Not Biden, um, um, Obama, the, something, the, the detainer in chief or something where they were talking about, because he, he, he had so many people taken back, you know, uh, over, over the, uh, <laughs> had some, not the detainer in chief, it was, what was it? Someone's got to remember. Someone will tell me in a minute. But because of his policies for, for foreigners coming into the country and all this kind of stuff and, and, and his border policies, and, um, and, and we're really bad. Like, we remember we were all protesting cages, but then we find out, like, oh, we built the cages. Oh, shit. You know? So there's always these nuances and always these things. And so we, the, 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 the judging people by, by a fraction can happen in so many ways of of going like, you know, positive or bad, like, oh, they're on my team, oh, they're not on my team, and, and we have this fraction of human being, and so we're judging. And I think one of the reasons that my mother, uh, who was a Christian evangelical preacher's preacher and preacher's wife and singer, musician, and crazy makeup and wild lady, fun lady, has plays and films being made about her is because she just loved to see people be who they were, even if they weren't who everything she agreed with, you know, even if she didn't see eye to eye with them. Like I remember her saying like, well, you know, I think there should be civil, you know, civil ceremonies and not marriage and things like, you know, like she wasn't always on top of it, but she always loved people right where they were at. And she loved to love people where they were at, no matter how much. I mean, one of my best buddies in, 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 in Atlanta was a Satanist. And she never gave him a hard time. Or she just loved people. She loved people. And she knew that there was always more than the big, the big thing. You know? There was always more than, like, the, you know... I listen to talk radio, conservative talk radio. You know, I mean, like, the, the identity, there's always more than just the identity, you know? Like, you can't judge all Christians the same. You can't judge all 
uh, you would not judge it. You don't want to judge races all the same, you know, because that's racism, right? Um, unless you do it to like white people, then it's like, oh, well, all white straight males are horrible. You know, it's like, no, that's still racism. That's still judging people. That's still, you know, finding the fraction and pointing the fraction towards them, you know, and it's, it's not much different than you're like, oh, black people are crim you know, it's like that. You are taking tiny things into to what society has told us and what media has told us and what a lot of people have told us and said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take that fraction and I'm going to, I'm going to put it this way, you know, all women dr drivers are bad or whatever, you know, just all the, the, you know, the assumptions. Um, and we use that fraction to judge people, you know. Um, and I know we talked a lot about this last week, so I'm not gonna just not gonna just push it into the ground too hard. But I thought it was just worth speaking of, is because I just wanted to say, like, from your own life, from your own deporter in chief. That's right, deporter in chief. That's what they called. Thank you, hippie Christian. They called Obama deporter in chief, right? And the reason that I really started to get turned on to some of that stuff is because I was going to see Brother Cornell West speak a lot. And, and, and Cornell West, who's just amazing, I, I just really love. He's actually running for president now, speaking of politics. Um, but I would go see him speak in New York all the time. And so a lot of my friends, one of my friends said, I saw a video of him speaking in New York, and then I looked in the crowd, and you were just like in your notebook writing the whole time. I'm like, yeah, I love Cornell. West, you know, and and he would speak out truths. And I was like, are we supposed to speak bad about our fellow Democrats? I'm like, and he's black, and he's black, and why are we supposed to, be? you know? It was like naivete, J, <laughs> having the naivete wiped from his eyes and saying sometimes we have to speak truth to power, no matter what that power looks like us or not. I mean, it's very important. It's vitally important, of course. I should have known better, but. You know, I was really high on, like, Obama being president and all this stuff, you know, and I was like, God, oh, the dream is fulfilled. You know, I mean, I was really feeling it. I was really like, this is great, you know, and then Cornell's like, well, we have some issues here, and I'm going like, oh. Like, the reality of that job is still there. You know, putting hope in someone who holds that job is probably not the best person to put hope into, you know. We can hope <laughs> and be prisoners of hope, but, you know, when you see the whole story, it's hard to, you know, that's a job that I would not want. Um, and so then when you think about this, we've got, you know, why, you know, don't judge the speck in the person's eye when you have a log in you. So don't, 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 don't judge the fraction in the other person's eye when you have the whole faction, a whole faction in your eye, because only you can know what the log is or the faction, frac faction is. Only you can know who you really are. You know, only you know your complete story, you know, and what you've been through and what you've experienced. And I will say experiences mean a lot. One of the hardest things that really caused me to kick against legalism in the church early on was is that I felt like people would always be like, well, it doesn't matter if that was your experience. It's not, you know, it's not between my, bounded between my two pieces of leather. You know, it's, it's not here in the Bible. And if, so it doesn't matter if you experienced it or not. It's not the truth. This is the only truth. You know, I'm going like, I don't, I don't think I can agree with that, you know. Uh, this is just, this is more fractions. Another fraction. Another, you know, of the truth. 
and um, or the spec and other you know these are moments we see um, but only you really know the only you that you really know is you and so that's why he said look at the log in your own eye look at your own life you know and that boom man that blows you away because only you know you and you also know you're very complicated and full of nuances and have different ideas and have different thoughts on complicated issues and some things you're not we're afraid to say outside because we don't want to be blasted by anybody but we have these ideas and these thoughts that go inside us so wow right like boom and we can work together and i really believe like if revolution is ever going to earn its name with our work, this is the work that's really important, is this not scapegoating, this not judging the speck, not judging the, the, the fraction of the human life or allowing. Sin covers, a, I mean, love covers a multitude of sins. You know, so love covers a mul maybe a multitude of little, these little fractions that, that in our lives. That we maybe we see and we go, oh, we got to look past that and see who is the person? Who is the human being in front of me? Who is this loved one in my life? You know? I, on Father's Day, I sent my dad a, a text message with Snoopy's brother in the desert. And I was just thinking about you today on Father's Day, and he's just laying in the desert. I don't know why I picked that. Somehow that, I remember having one of those that little, I can't remember Snoopy's brother's name, but he wears a little hat and has a little mustache. And I used to have a little stuffy of him carrying around, so I thought, related it to my dad, and I sent it, and then my dad said, oh, happy Father's Day to you, back. Small thing. Now, the positive thing in our relationships are just a fraction, <laughs> and I'm taking it, the spec. I'm going, okay, we're gonna just, we're not gonna hold on to it, we're just gonna let it sit there, and we're just gonna go, this is, it. This is how it is. Uh, deporter in chief. I'm surprised I forgot that. Um, so also when we look at the story of the Good Samaritan, um, I posted up on my Facebook, or not on my, no, yeah, on Facebook page, this video of these English comedians called Mitchell and Webb. They also did a show called Peep Show later on, which is one of my favorite British TV shows. One, probably one of my favorite TV shows ever. Uh, Mitchell and Webb and these two comedians. And they did this skit, and it's about Jesus talking to the crowd about the Good Samaritan. And, um, and, and of course, in the story, Jesus never says the Good Samaritan, but he talks about the Samaritan. So in this, but in this, in this skit, and you should watch it, he's, he talks about um, the Good Samaritan. Oh, so the Good Samaritan. So what are you saying? You, you, what do you mean, good Samaritan? You're saying most Samaritans are bad? You know what I mean? It would be like if Jesus was in a really, like, liberal, progressive place and said, like, you know, you know, the good atheist, you know? And then everybody would be like, wait, what do you mean? All atheists are bad except for this one, you know, this fraction, <laughs> um, if you will. And, and it's really hilarious. And so they're really giving Jesus a hard time for being intolerant of the Samaritans. And it's a hilarious video. And um, I don't have the link here, but it's Mitchell and Webb. I mean, if you put in Mitchell and Webb, the Good Samaritan, it'll come up. It's hilarious. It's on my Facebook page, and I also put it on the, my, my um, Twitter page to share with you guys. And I retweeted it on the Revolution um, Twitter as well. So you can, there's a link there to watch it. 
and it's pretty hilarious, and it has a lot to do with what we're saying. Kind of in an opposite way, but it's just really kind of interesting. Um, and so look at the Good Samaritan as the same. And the reason the Good Samaritan is, of course, if you aren't familiar with the story, it's in, um, it's also in Luke. And it's Luke 10, 25. And it's a, it's a pretty good long chapter. I think it's, uh, you know, the whole last half of 25. And so uh, Jesus is being asked all these questions. And a lawyer, a Jewish lawyer stands up and says, teacher, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he tells him, you know, you should love your love of God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And then Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. Now, this famous road that Jesus is talking about, everybody, famous, everybody would have known about it at the time. And Jesus talks about how this man is going down, this Jewish man going down, and is beat up by robbers and lays on the side of the street. And a rabbi comes by, but the rabbi can't touch him because it would make him unclean and impure and all this stuff. And so there he goes on. Another person comes by, doesn't do anything. And then a Samaritan comes along and says, you know, helps the man up takes him to a, a like basically a, 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 you know, like a, a place to stay, like a hotel or something, and puts him in and says, you know, help take care of this man, take care of whatever he needs, whatever debt he runs up, let me know. I'll take care of it. When I come back this way, just make sure he's okay. And so Jesus says, who is better off? The three people who walked by or the Samaritan? And the guy's like, <laughs> the lawyer at the end is like the Samaritan. Now, the reason they're upset is because Samaritans were seen as enemies of Jews. Even sometimes Jews would call them half-bred, half-breeds. Talk about prejudice. There was a lot of prejudice there. Um, they were hated. Uh, one of the reasons they were hated is because a lot of their leaders and stuff slowed down the rebuilding of the temple and all these different things. There's, there's lots of different stories why, you know. Um, but Samaritans were, were, were Jewish people, too, you know. But they were divided. And... So there was constant scapegoating with the Samaritan. And it's funny, even to this day, like in this, in, in this uh, Bible here even, which is like from Cambridge and, and uh, you know, the parable of the good Samaritan, you know? Because, you know, those Samaritans, I mean, can you believe there was a good one? And, and so this idea is, is that Jesus is saying, you judge these folks as a group, and as a race, and all this, and now I'm showing you that it's not about where you're born, what your belief system is. It's about loving others. This is your neighbor. Your enemy is your neighbor. The Samaritan realized that this Jewish man who probably would not help me if I was on the side of the street is my neighbor. And for the world to move forward, I must restore this man. I must help this man. I must help my brother who is suffering here. Um, you know, like when we take our carts back at the grocery store at the end of the day, like we take our groceries out and then we put them back so society doesn't collapse. Um, <laughs> so the, you have this, this good Samaritan. I saw another, I saw another meme and I also shared this on, on, on the Instagram for revolution. I think it shared on mine as well. Is it's this alien comes down 
He brings his spaceship down. And it's a little comic. And he brings, and he's X-raying this. It's, he, he's X-raying this. Um, yeah, somebody just wrote, it's about loving neighbors. It is about loving neighbors, but it's about, also about loving your neighbor when your neighbor is also maybe considered your enemy. You know, it's basically saying no one is your enemy. No one is above restoration. I think Paul does it pretty good in, in, in the book of Galatians when Paul says, if you think you're above helping someone or restoring someone, you're only fooling yourself. That's when you are a nobody, is when you are above helping the other, even if they've fallen and made a mistake. You know, there's no room in the religion of Christianity for canceling people. It's just not there. Even in, in, in Corinthians, and in 1 Corinthians, and then in 2 Corinthians, you realize even the man they kicked out of the church, Paul goes, okay, you're a little bit too harsh. It's time to bring that person so they're not completely lost. So, 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 so there's not room for that type of thinking in the Christian community 2,000 years ago. And I would maybe argue that that type of thinking is not here now. This is radical thinking, but this is thinking of going, how can we be fellow human beings in this thing called life, okay? So this alien comes down, and he's got, obviously, he's got space technology, alien technology, you can see, and he goes, this guy has colon cancer. And he goes, oh, don't worry, fellow, you know, living being, I will help you. And he, boom, puts him on the ship, and of course, then he goes through his butt, gets the colon cancer out, dreams back down. And then the next clip is, Man was taken by alien and anal probed. And then, yeah, the guy's like, and the guy next to him is like, yeah, hashtag damn all aliens, you know. And they're like, oh, these aliens are so horrible, you know. And it's this idea of that when we don't have the full story, when we don't sometimes know what we're talking about, how we were just so quick to judge. And that's why I stop judging. How you judge, you will be judged. Press down, shaking together, run over. Stop judging, you know. Love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Everybody. Even the people like, yeah, yeah, those are your neighbors too. You know, and I'm not perfect at it. Like when I was living, when I just moved here uh, to a new place from, from Linwood in my apartment there, we, I lived in affordable housing. And sometimes there were homeless people sleeping in the hallways. Um, one time there was a group of teenagers smoking weed in the, in the hallway. And I mean, it was only three apartments in this thing. They just didn't want to put a lock on the front door even though it was a glass door, they didn't want to put a lock on the apartment complex. And so, you know, I walked up to the kids and the teenagers and like, guys, come on, you know, man, I've got two little, two little ones up here. They don't need to see this, you know. Um, can you do that somewhere else? You know, and, and with the homeless guys, you know, it was one of those things of like, how liberal are you? You know, <laughs> is that Jesus laying at the end of the stairs? And, you know, I would find a happy meeting, but I'd always go down and say, you've got to go. You can't be here. I have kids here. You're frightening my children. This is not a place to sleep, blah, blah, you know. And then I would go to the apartment complex, and they said, well, you have to call the cops. And I would be like, you know, hey, I, these people are homeless. You know, the guy I've kicked out a few times is probably mentally ill, you know, and a, a black man. And I don't really feel like I can call the police with any comfort. You know, I can't do that. You know, could you just put locks on the door? I don't want to call the police on this guy. If something happens, to, I don't, I'm not going to be responsible for that. You know, um, I also don't want him sleeping here. But the point was, is I realized that I was going to have to continue to ask them not to sleep there. Then my neighbor, 
downstairs for some reason got a camera out in front of their apartment and a lot of stuff stopped then. That's a whole nother, another exciting story of my <laughs> living there. Um, anyhow, but, but so there are all those times of where it's not easy to, how do we love our neighbors? How do we be good Samaritans? And how do we, you know, it's complicated. There's nuances when there's children involved, when you have family involved and people you care about involved. Um, you know, when I, when I will sit down and, and be going to talk to people on the behalf of others, you know, I might be a little bit more aggressive with the person I'm speaking to because I'm there on the behalf of someone else, you know, and, and, and I feel a lot of passion, a lot of purpose. And I think that comes with just wisdom and understanding and knowing the situation you're in. I'm not saying you're not going to be free from tough situations if you love your neighbor as yourself. If you are the Samaritan or you are the person helped by the Samaritan or you're faced with the fact that, well, what do you think about the, you know, this person who is supposedly your enemy helping this other person? Or do you help your enemy in a time of need? Or do you restore your enemy when they've fallen? Um, and I've always thought how amazing it would be is if we restored our enemies, maybe they wouldn't be our enemies anymore. Maybe they would even be something that transfers and happens. And, th and that's the beautiful thing of when you come together in conflict, you often, like in person, not on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but in person, you often are able to recognize the other people's person's humanity, you know, the, the, the temper, the things, the nuances, the face expressions, the things like that, and you, you recognize the humanity, and it, 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 it's, oh, you start to see that this, there, we have this problem here, but there might not, you know, there might be more to this person than this. All right, I beat a dead horse. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but it makes sense. And, and um, Luke 25, you know, story and, and the, you know, and, and watch that comedy thing because I think it's good. I think comedy often explains the truth to us deeper in ways than we can ever understand, especially if it makes us a little like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But usually that's why we're laughing because we're kind of uncomfortable. Um, so, 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 so often nuance can become a new start in our lives, you know, Realizing that not only we hold the nuance, but the nuances that other people have as well, and that other folks have these as well, um, can do a lot. Um, I learned a lot about that in so many different ways growing up, like when I worked in a homeless shelter, you know, and worked with people who, who were homeless and, and going through things, and, you know, not everybody was the same, you know, you had people who were mentally ill, you had people who were drug addicts, you just had people who were just unlucky, you know? Um... So what else is here, you know? Uh, it's funny, like, being, like, I really love punk rock and punk music and, and kind of the punk ethics and a lot of what I believe and think about and talk about here comes from some of those ethics as well. Um, I know you thought it was 100% Bible, but sometimes it's, you know, a little... Um, it's a little bit of a clash, you know? Um, <laughs> a little bit of the Sex Pistols. Um... But like the idea of, you see people go like, ACAB, you know, all cops are bastards, you know. And I've talked about this before too, but like I was raised by security guards until I was 11. Like I had bodyguards who helped raise me and a lot of them were either becoming police officers or ex-police officers. And, and once again, that's a fraction. You know, you're, you're judging them on a fraction of their job, on what they do. And you think, well, they're all this way. All of them are bad. You know, and that's just not, that's not, it's like this, this untruth, you know. It's like when I watched... 
I, I've always been interested in, like, in John Lydon and all these different punk people and Joe Strummer, and so I read books and autobiographies about them. I also read autobiographies and books about, you know, by Martin Luther King and about Martin Luther King and things like that, but I know a lot about these people, and I remember when John Lydon wore this uh, Make America Great shirt again, everybody jumped on the, the bandwagon. And I, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. I, I know that uh, Zoe is over me talking about this. Because <laughs> I've used it as an example eight million times. I need to polish up on new examples. But like I went to this punk rock flea market and there was like a shirt that said, F, you know, John Rotten, you know. And it was all because he wore that shirt. You know, they don't know about him dealing with his wife, with dementia who just recently passed away or him raising his grandkids who are mixed race. You know, they don't talk about all that stuff. They don't know about all that stuff, but I knew it cause I'm a nerd, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I like everything. And I read all about it and I know this stuff, and, you know, and why he did a commercial for butter, you know, and like, well, actually he wanted to, you know, be able to pay for his own album rather than having to depend on a record company. But the idea is, is like these little fractions that we use just don't always work don't line up don't make sense and they fill us with hate and we're like this i'm looking for an asterisk of why can i hate this person why can i think this person is a bastard well here's a reason why you know i on the other hand and this is probably my mother in me i'm always looking for the fraction of why can i like this person and love this person and not discount this person you know how can I, I learn to connect with this? How can, and that's grace. The grace changes when the fraction of the, of the judgment changes and you're looking for different types of fractions or different types of specks in people's eyes. You know, you're looking for common ground. You're not going to scapegoat. You're looking to, can we argue well and can we find this point that we know we can kind of find common ground on so we can sit down and argue about other things? You know, um, And I feel like social media has done this to us. The media, et cetera. I mean, media for me growing up my whole life is this idea of just judging people of like, well, they're televangelists and this and this. So the rest of the story kind of writes itself, you know? And so there's the scapegoating. And we also scapegoat easily by knowing a small midgen of things that are going on. And what I love, like I said again, is the fact that I see like Elton John did a musical play about my mother, flew me out to London to see it, you know, and it was beautifully done, well done, so amazing, really great, and, and, and what an honor. And it was really the fact that they were celebrating her love for other people and that her, her unwillingness to scapegoat other people, even though she was continuously scapegoated for everything to her husband, to her children at times, <laughs> uh, to her makeup, uh, to her faith. You know, like uh, there were a million reasons to scapegoat this, this woman. And, and she just never, she just said, no, I'm not, you can't. I, there, that's just, those are small things and, and, and there's big stories behind all those things. So they're actually not even small things, they're big things that you're just picking and choosing to tear me apart on. Um, I think Jesus and Paul seem to, to try to, exp I think both like when I look at Jesus and I look at the Apostle Paul, uh, especially Jesus though was someone who was always trying to expose the humanity of people. The woman at the well, the good Samaritan, the good Samaritan, but the, the woman at the well and, 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 and she was 
also seen as unclean. And, and Jesus says, oh, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you're talking about. Go tell everybody everything. You know, he had to go through there. Like, it was always the humanizing of people beyond their tribe, beyond their judgment, beyond the fact that she had lived with all these men, beyond the fact that she her reputation was too bad. No, Jesus goes, you're the one I've chosen to tell the whole community about it, about me. Here I am. You know, that's how you roll. That's how Jesus rolled, you know. And then, and then you see this with Paul and the Galatians, which we do the beginning of every year, and we'll do it again uh, the beginning of next year. But you see Paul going like, you guys are like, Jew and Gentile thing is, is tearing you guys apart. You're divided, you're tearing each other apart, and you're missing out, you know. You just know a fraction of each other's systems, and you're just tearing each other apart, and you're all caught on these little tiny things when you have more in common than you realize that you could be a community. Um, so they were showing us their humanity, showing that our humanity, that the, in our humanity there is more than Jew or Gentile, gay or straight, black or white, uh, you know, all these things, just, these aren't reasons you could, you know, Republican, Democrat, uh, Green Party, you know, these are just are not, these are all small things that we've got to get down to the humanity of others. Um, even when we don't agree with people, uh, gasp, we can still find their humanity. And my mom always showed me that. Even with people who said horrible things, she showed me love and compassion. And she showed love and compassion to them. And in the same way, I don't even think she was aware that her like little angry 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old kid was like standing next to her going like, because I was ready to hit the person or I was ready to tell him to go do something else, you know, and stick it where the sun don't shine. And my mom's going like, well, at least meet me. At least give me a hug. Hey, why don't we have dinner together? I mean, my mom took a group of kids making fun of her <laughs> to dinner and bought them all food and sat down and had a conversation with them. Like, I'm not capable of that because I'm so introverted. I would just be like, so uh, you guys think I'm a bastard. Um, you know, <laughs> okay, you don't like my makeup, whatever. Um, but she did it. How cool is that? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I don't know why I felt the need to talk about that, but I, I don't know why I need it because that's kind of what the message of, of the spirit of revolution right now, the revolution gathering is that we don't allow groupthink to keep us divided. And I'm so glad I found Kierkegaard and, 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 and the support there, and I continue to find support in, 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 in the Gospels and in and, and the Bible and, and in this message that we continue to go this way. But it's really, this is the hard work, folks. This is, this is the heavy lifting, you know? This is when we get to the point where we go like, um, you know, we're going like, oh, it's, 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 um, it's heterosexism and racism and, 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 and you know, that are, that are the problem. And then you realize that um, capitalism might even be a bigger problem. Like capitalism might be the thing making a lot of those things tick off on boxes is, is capitalism. And you can see that with the, these companies trying to decide if they're going to be affirming or non-affirming, if they're going to be, you know, whatever. 
and most of them are, you know, but some of them like Bud Light, you know, no, everybody's like, oh, and that Target's like, well, maybe we're going to pull some of this. Maybe that's a little too much, you know, because they're corporations and it's about capitalism and it's about how much money they can get for their stockholders. And really, ultimately, that's what their stockholders care about. They don't care about us all singing Kumbaya together or us fighting. They care about what either of those things happen as long as the bottom line is, is that they're rich and that they have more money and they can go you know, undersea or fly to space or do things like that. Now, that might be me being a judgmental bastard as well, you see? But for me, capitalism is a huge capitalism, especially late-stage capitalism, is hurting all of us horrifically bad. And, um, you know, I honestly, like, I live in fear every day of, of losing my house, of, of losing my apartment and being homeless and things like that. Not every day, but a lot of the times that's a big worry in my mind is financially can I make it? And... Uh, I've been doing this for, like I said, for 28 years. And the idea of like, well, what do I, you know, what else can I do? You know, maybe I could work at, I have dyslexia, so like being a waiter is really bad and confuses people and so that doesn't work out. I've worked at The Gap, I've worked at record stores. You know, I, I've worked these smaller jobs that don't pay a lot. I've worked uh, in skateboard stores and things like that, you know. Um, you know, I'm thinking like, well, maybe I could work at the counter at the, the, the tattoo parlor down the street, you know? But then I'm like, but of course, like, am I gonna screw up every appointment because I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna write something backwards or something? Anyhow, it's something that we all have to deal with and I think you are all dealing with as well. And this just takes me into the pitch of um, the fundraising uh, of, of with Revolution. You know, Revolution's been through a lot. Um, Next next year will be Revolution's 30th anniversary of doing this work. And I often hope that consistency, uh, while still being willing to, uh, by still being willing to evolve and grow and move and, and having consistency over time, uh, being consistent and still growing and evolving, you know, will keep me going, will keep revolution going, you know, matter if we have a staff or we don't have a staff right now, we have a volunteer. Uh, I mean, we have Josh volunteering for us right now, you know, and then I have some people who work to make sure our finances are straight, so I've hired financial people because I don't ever want to mess with that and mess that up. Um, so, so, so we have that. You know, over the years I've had 7, 10, 15, 20 staff members before. Um, but I always hope that's enough to keep us going. Uh, revolution as a community as, needs your support. Um, we need your financial support. We need you to help, you know, and I know that's not always easy. You can also help by like sharing these talks. Like I share a talk on, like this talk, if I shared it on Twitter, I mean, like my last talk I shared on Twitter, I was really excited about, and it got zero likes, <laughs> zero. <laughs> um, I shared a quote and it got like 20. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, Twitter is not the place I'm going to go to share my folks. But on Instagram and Facebook and share talks, like that, that, that does help us. Um, but financially, we, we do need your support. And it's a weird place to live. You know, it's a weird, insecure, strange place to live. And I'm just going to be honest with you because I don't have a, anything else to, to not be honest with you about. Um, we started for the outcasts and have tried to stay that course, you know? Um, and honestly, like if Revolution brought in like $50,000 a year, we could probably be fine. 
there was a time where we had, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, we had one group that donated, gave us $75,000 a year. And so we, we had that one person, like pretty much one family that gave us that every year. And then we were able to raise money above that. So we were able to put money into other groups like AIDS Survival Project in Atlanta. Um, we always were like, well, we could start our own thing, but I think these group people are doing better. So Revolution, you know, we would say like, let's find groups that we believe in so we can donate and help those groups do that work. Because um, we don't have to oversee it. These people have actually done it and they've spent years doing it. Let's help them do what they do well. Let's help them do that better. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna toot the own horn, but I'm gonna let you know the integrity that Revolution has here. And the integrity that I have here is that when I came back from Arkansas on a trip in Arkansas where I had a big thing where I was like, you know what? I met with this pastor, my friend Randy from Open Door Community Church, and I decided to come back and tell the community that, hey, I'm affirming of LGBTQ community people, I, I the community. I also don't think that this is a sin issue. I think we've missed it. Um, and I want to celebrate gay marriage. I want to work towards gay marriage and gay rights. You know, we're going to do this. And when we did this in the early 2000s, um, I met with my board, uh, and that happened that we had had a board meeting coming up, so it was kind of like weird timing. And I sat down with them and said, this is the way we're going. And knowing that that whole group could have just voted right then and been like, oh, you're no longer the pastor here. <laughs> um, and they didn't, but they were divided. And one of the guys who was not agreeing with me told me that uh, God was against me. And I remember looking at him and saying, no, the Father is quite fond of me. And I was quoting Brennan Manning. And he kind of chuckled. He's like, well, he's like, if you do this, because he was my connection to this group that brought in our seven, gave us, donated $75,000 for the past couple years that really made Revolution able to have a staff and move the way it did and all this stuff. And he goes, if you do this on Sunday, that's gone. And that was more than half of our, our, our income. Um, that was the majority of it, um, but we were all, you know, we all had, it was weird because we all had health insurance and uh, through the ministry and all this kind of stuff, you know, now I pay for my own health insurance out of my wallet and all this stuff, but we had health insurance and things like that. It was, it, we felt, it felt proper, you know, and we were meeting in the masquerade, this really crazy club in Atlanta and, you know, it was a great time. Revolution was doing really well. And I don't just mean financially, I mean with the community that we built. Because we had people in our community who probably never even stepped into a service. You know what I mean? We were part of a community. And that was kind of the goal is to never be the community, but to be within a community. And we were a part of that. And still feel like part of that community when I reach out. And I bought a, I bought a um, star bar, community bar hat the other day. You know, just, you know, I have a uh, criminal records where the record store I used to work at and the little five points. You know, like, oh, I, I still support that community. I love that community. And we were a part of that community. But the decision, I said, okay, well, that's fine if that's what it's going to cost us. You know, and he's like, and I'm out. And I'm like, okay. He was a friend of mine. He was somebody I went to and had deep, deep conversations. We had tough conversations. And this was the toughest. And we agreed to, that we couldn't agree and we couldn't see eye to eye. I had to ask him to step down. Um, I couldn't fire a board member. Um, and he stepped down, and the money went away. 
Um, but I still, that Sunday, knowing that what the cost was, I made that decision. And I also lost a lot of speaking engagements and things like that. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that we're willing to follow the convictions, not the money. And revolution will always do that. Um, and I guess the reason I'm saying that is 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 because is I'm asking people to help support us financially in the work that we're doing. You can go to revolutionchurch.com. You can do it through PayPal or you can do it through Venmo. We took us like six months to get Venmo. So if you have Venmo, use it just so we have a reason that we worked so hard to get it. It actually costs us money to get Venmo up because I, I had to get my financial folks who work with me out of New York to help us get it up because there was so many weird loopholes to jump through as a 501c3. But we got it. Um, so the point is this. The point is, is that we follow our convictions. This is a community. Right now, it seems like there's two of us, but really you all are also part of this community and make this community possible. I am not here without you. And we will continue to follow our convictions, and we will continue to love the liberal and the conservative and continue to fight against scapegoating, uh, no matter how unpopular that becomes. I will continue to try to find the good in people that maybe you don't see the good in in order to do that on your behalf until you can see the good in them. And the vice versa, I think we can do this together. Um, and this is a community that really, I feel, is leading to a bigger thing, but this bigger thing is more, it's huge. It's like saying like, well, I want to fight this, and then going like, no, we're going to fight capitalism. We'll go, how do you fight capitalism? You know, the left is capitalist, the right's capitalist, all these people are capitalist, most of us are capitalist. You know, we all love Amazon, and we pretend not to. Um, whatever, you know, the point is this, is that this is a bigger fish to fry. This will probably be the message that, you know, it's always a message of grace. All of this is always based off of grace and love and compassion and never giving up and never losing faith, always being hopeful, enduring through every circumstance. That is the hope what revolution is trying to bring through our work. And we will continue to do that work. Um, so I guess if to sound like in a more of a financially churchy way is like, you know, it's, it's, it's good ground to plant a seed in. It's good ground to believe. We're a good group to stand with. And we'll continue to do that. I was recently asked by someone uh, here in Seattle uh, if we would ever think about meeting in person. And I said, well, now that I'm actually literally in Seattle, which is wild, um, I'm not against that. I'm open to that. I'm open to hearing about that. If there's a community that we can be a part of, I would love to be part of another community again and bring revolution into a community that we can be a part of because we don't come in to be a community. We come in to be in a community. Um, I always kind of, kind of like call it the Mayberry concept, you know, how in that show Mayberry, you know, you had the drunk on the corner, you had the hair cutter, play, you know, you had the barber shop, you had the, you know, the clothes shop, the, you know, all the different stores and, and the sheriff's office and the church and everybody was a part of this little, this community, Mayberry. And so me, that's more my goal is like, how can we continue to be part of like a community like that if we're going to be in person? Um, so anyhow, that's, that's my pitch. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, and if you're a weird company that doesn't like what we do and you want to donate money, we'd be glad to take it, but we're not going to change our motivation. We're not going to change our, 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 you know, we're not one of those, we're not like, 
politicians who are like, I believe in Medicare for all until like the Medicaid groups come down, you know, and then the, the big, big farmer comes down. I was like, well, we'll give you a billion dollars. And I'm like, well, you know, I think everybody should have their own choice of what insurance they decide. You know, that's not what we're going to do. And if you ever see me doing it, feel free to call me out on that, as you should. So there you go. That's the revolution pitch there. Um, I felt it was important to give it to you guys because I hate raising money, but, you know, it's a must. And I feel like I do better work for you guys and can do better work for revolution if I'm not sitting here going like, you know, have I bitten off more than I can chew so I can be closer to my kids and still do the work that I love. Um, but, you know, that's just, a, that's just a little fraction of the picture there. So that, that's, that's what I hand to you. And uh, with lots of grace and lots of reverence uh, and all that good stuff. I mean, we could start some of those fundraiser websites and things like that. Uh, a few of my friends have been successful at that, but that's not where I, where I think that's where we want to go yet. Um, I don't want to be making special talks for the double diamond givers. Um, but if that's where we need to go, that's all. But I'm, you know, I'm open to ideas and thoughts, you know. Um, because we do, we do need your support. 28 years. I hope there'll be. I hope they'll, that one day I'll be sitting here at 50 years, going like, all right, we've done 50 years. You know, um, either I'm going to retire or I can't retire, so we're going to try to do 60 years, whatever. You know, and we're going to continue the good fight of bringing people together and helping people reveal grace to them. And 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 it is a grace that I feel like comes from Christ. It is a grace that comes from the, like the teachings of the Apostle Paul and the teachings of Christ and these things like that. Um, and it's really a big deal. And I think grace is important. And I do think it's amazing. And I do think it's it's it transforms us uh, when we find out the freedoms that we have to live in this world and in this life and how we are able to love people in a unique way, even when it hurts us, even when it's dangerous, even when it's punk rock. You know, and I think right now it's very punk rock to love everybody, you know, and to not write people and scapegoat people and to take responsibility for ourselves. I think that's, I don't think it gets more punk rock than that, if you really want to know. Um, not that you are worried about your punk rock creed, but I'm just going to say it. That's it. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for putting up with me for an hour. You guys have stuck through. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Um, goodbye. Say goodbye, Godzilla. Goodbye, Godzilla. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, safe house and, yeah. And, uh, my boom box. I put on speaking tapes. I, put, I, put, I listened to a whole thing on Freud, like a Freud talk on here the other day. And, uh, man, that guy's wild, but he really helps you clean. All right, guys, that's enough. I'm, I'm going to stop because I'm just nervous because I just tried to raise money. I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you for the consideration, and thank you for talking to your millionaire friends. All right, bless you guys. Lots of grace to you, and um, we'll see you next Sunday, same uh, bat time, same bat channel. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.